2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumbacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name
0: something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. that's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Over to SSF,
1: forward by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. I'm Steven. And I'm Brett. And we are the Broadway Husbands.
0: We are an all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances.
1: We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands.
0: And we are so proud to be members of the Broadway Podcast Network. Check out broadway Podcast Network.com backslash broadway husbands to see all the amazing things they're doing for the Broadway community at this time. And we have this amazing couple, Ann Steele and, and, and Kelly Carpenter. Sorry, I just got a little something there in my throat. Go. I'm so excited to have you here.
2: <laughs> We're excited oh, to be here.
3: You Do you know oh, that 27 me... is Ann's lucky number?
0: Ooh.
2: Seriously, it is
0: this is your luckiest podcast this is though. the luckiest <laughs> podcast ever <laughs> now, if, uh, so for those of the people who are listening who don't know you you have this amazing podcast called i love my wife can you tell us more about your podcast and what it is you both do
3: why don't you talk about the podcast um, well, about three years ago, right? Um, we're yes, we're on episode one hundred and
1: twenty-four.
3: Twenty-four. So <laughs> I know, right? We're oldies in this in this podcast world. But um, <laughs> about three years ago, we were approached by uh, Derek and Romaine, who were um, ma- something wrong? No. Oh, mainstays on um, the on uh, from series Out Q. And when that sort of folded, they went and started this whole sort of podcast empire. And they asked if we would test do a, a podcast and we both sort of laughed and thought it would be a silly, crazy idea. And we tragically did our first one, but they seemed to like it. And um, and here we are three years later and it, Our podcast uh, really covers sort of just what our lives are. Anne is about singing and music and mine is about travel. We have four kids and so that mixes into our podcast and we mostly keep it pretty light. Like, you know, the world is sort of a heavy place right now and we try to talk more about relationships and family and travel and music and just sort of our day-to-day lives and which are normal but crazy all at the same time. So, uh, we sort of you know, keep that and as a mainstay in our podcast. And We also have a guest um, on every one of our podcasts that uh, range from comics to singers to political activists to authors to just anybody that's sort of interesting. Does well? You guys were guests, yes. so you know that. Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: we were. Oh, yes, yeah. And we-, we shared. We shared on your podcast that we learned about your podcast through my friend Becky. Shout out to Becky. Yeah. Hey and, Becky.
2: And,
0: and um, and really. You know, it was an inspiration for us to start ours. So you really have been um, an inspiration for us. So thank you for that.
2: Yay.
3: And as individuals, I'm, um, I'm a travel advisor with Zell Travel. And I also am the co-founder of Our Family Vacations, which does LGBT vacations for, um, uh, for families or people that just want to bring their extended families.
2: Right. The thing that I love about Our Family, just, just put out there, is you don't have to be um, – it could start with one gay couple. And their kids, or no kids, and then they bring their parents, and then they bring their sister who's straight and her husband and their kids, and it turns into this extended family. So it's not, you know, it's not all gay people that travel with them. That's what I love about it. It's uh, uh, what the world really looks like. It's you know a mix of all different types of people, and um, but everybody's safe and everybody's uh, inclusive and everybody is supportive and loving, and and that's why uh, you know our family. Uh, has always been, you know, one of my favorite, even before we were a couple, um, I I worked on her trips as a singer. And so I've always loved it. And, but for me, I am a singer songwriter and I um, have been touring for the last 10 years with my different, uh, my, I have three albums that came out and I've been doing that for three years. I'm not doing that (laughs) currently, obviously, because can't, <laughs> but uh, I'm desperately looking forward to doing that again. And like I said, uh, as you guys know, I was doing couch concerts at home for about 10 weeks. So that was uh, feeding a little bit of my soul as far as performing. Uh, but also we were able to raise a lot of money to send meals to essential workers and healthcare workers and um, and also raise money for City Harvest. Uh, which we really believe in so much. As a family, we volunteer a lot for them. So that's that's who we are and what we've been doing <laughs> right now.
1: So, you you know, you haven't been busy. It sounds like you've just been kind of <laughs> sitting around and, you know, just <laughs> it's so fun, fun.
3: Anne was saying that she was like, everybody else is binge-watching TV shows, and why am I not able to binge-watch TV shows? And I was like, well, you've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Not, only, not yeah. only would you do the concerts, but she was also calling in all the food orders, coordinating you know, all of that happening. And I always make the joke that Anne never talks on the telephone. Never. Like if Anne, if your phone is ringing and it's Anne on their phone, you answer because it it's an emergency. Like she hates <laughs> to talk on the telephone. But I've never seen her talk on the telephone more than during this uh, COVID lockdown. So yeah. Nice.
0: It's, a
2: new, it's something new I'm trying.
0: Guys. <laughs> <laughs> the phone is like this
1: new thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Phone don't phone. we all just
2: text everything? I don't know.
1: <laughs> sort of. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, Let's go back to how did you guys first meet and how did you first spot one another?
2: I'm going to let you talk. Oh, (laughs) I know, right? This is not normal. (laughs) She's going to interrupt.
3: She's a better storyteller than I am. But, um, so I originally met Anne, she was hired to work on my second, our family charter, um, through the musical director that had been booking the talent for our for our trips. And, um, Budetsky. Budetsky, well, she, you know, name drop. Um, and, um, <laughs> so she was performing on all of our trips, but now I was running a charter with 4,000 people on it. So, you know, I would walk by and I was like, you know, peek my head into the theater and I'd be like, wow, she's great. And she's beautiful and just keep going. And that, you know, really, the truth is, is nobody, Ew. nobody, Knew that Anne was gay. So, like, it was like, it was just Dan Steele performing on stage. People knew. No, nobody knew. You didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> People knew. <laughs> um, but we, we actually, when she finally did um, sort of come out to everybody, we, we nicknamed her Lesbian Anne, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> slash Tan Ann. They used to call her Tan Anne. Anne. Um, very Tan. So,
3: um, <laughs> So she worked on all of our, all of our uh, trips since then. And since that's been, 2015. And um, no, since 2005.
2: 2005. 2005 yes. Ooh, wow. We're aging ourselves. You guys.
3: Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but we never spent any time together. We were both in other relationships. And finally, um, back in 2010, Mhm. I did my very first group trip to Hawaii, and by a group, it was 200 people versus 4,000 people, so I had more time, and we hired Ann to sing on that trip, and um, we went to Hawaii together, and Greg, my
2: business partner... Wait, we were both single. We're both both single, actually.
3: yeah, We're both single, and Greg said, why don't you and Ann go scout out the beach that our group's going to hang out in? And so we went early to the beach, and we sat on the beach. We were there probably a couple hours before the guests were arriving, and we started to actually have a conversation and she was funny and she was smart and all the things that are way more important to me than, I mean, look, she's beautiful and talented. That's amazing, but smart and funny were way up there on the, uh, on the list for me. And we just started talking and all of a sudden, like there was some chemistry there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, and I, I've known her for so long, but never had taken the time to have those conversations that actually sparked the chemistry and. So, um, we dated for a while after that, um, never, I, I think neither of us were ready to commit for a while.
2: Um, well, right. what would you say? Like, well, she had four kids, you know, and that a was, big decision. So <laughs> as a parent, you want to be sure that, that something's real before you go any further, you know? So we kind of just dated from like, you know, uh, like March until I would say like, Around August or September, finally we were like, "Yeah, okay." So <sighs> then I was
3: like, you know, I the, the kids are the other thing is the kids already knew Anne because she worked on the shifts. yeah. Right. So they they already adored her, and you know, going through a, a, a divorce, you don't want to break your kids' hearts twice. And I, I was like, oh, I just want to be sure that you're going to be the one that we're going to go on this path with, and. Um, it was so funny when I told the kids, they were like, yeah. And so Bibby runs upstairs. She was seven? She was seven. Yeah. Yeah. She's 17 now. But um, she ran upstairs and took all of my clothes and scooted them all to one side of the closet. And she was like, Ann's
2: clothes are going to go here. No, and I was said, like, we need room for Annie's clothes. Annie's clothes. She called me Annie. Oh, Annie's clothes. And I was like, we got a name. I'm like, girl slow down. I was like, she's
3: not moving to the suburbs yet, honey. And that's going to take another level of convincing. I'm like, I'm still a New York city girl
2: back off. <laughs> so yeah, it took a while. So it was
3: an instant family for, for Anne. And it, it, uh, one of my friends said to me, you know, when you decide to go to that, to be in a relationship again, it has to bring, be somebody that brings more joy to your house with your children than you already have. And, 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 did that and still does that. So
2: you know,
1: that's so you know, beautiful. The
2: funniest thing is, I I have to be honest with you. My mom would say this to this day. When I was a little kid, I would always be like, "I'm not having kids. I'm not doing that. That's yeah, not for me." I was just gonna go to New York and be a star, you know. And uh, I was like, "I don't have time for kids. It's not my thing." And uh, I always said that my whole life. But as soon as we started dating, and I you know, I already knew the kids, but when I fell in love with Kelly, it was falling in love with the whole family, honestly. And it, I never had a single moment of pause about joining a family like that and what the commitment is to have four kids and what it means to, because it's not all about you anymore. Right. It's about the family and the kids and the unit. And I never had a moment of pause. I have to be honest. Um, it just felt right. Like once we took the time to sort of date and, you know, separately because it was, a, it was a divorce family. We had time, you know, and mm-hmm. there were days where she didn't have the kids. So we had time to be together as a couple. And then as they even through the years, you know, we, it was week on week off. So we'd have a week together as a couple. So it wasn't, you know, often when you, when you marry into a family, You don't have time alone because there is no time alone. But Mm -hmm. we had the we did have that. The things that that were the scariest for her in a divorce is you don't have your kids all the time, which is frightening because you that's all you have, you know, that's your life. But suddenly when you're starting a new relationship, it's kind of a gift. And we did have that time. And and I I cannot imagine my life without these kids each one of them is so different and so unique and Vivi and Blake were still so little when we started dating like seven and 10 and um, the, the other kids were teens already. Um, well, Chelsea was like 12, but I mean, you know, it they're little enough that Vivi, I don't know that she remembers all that much before I was there. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bond that we have and it's really the greatest gift, something I never expected and, it's really fantastic. Yes.
0: Aww. And you're pretty close to being empty nesters at this moment, right?
2: <laughs> well, we're approximately one year from that. <laughs> not, that <laughs> not, not that we're counting. Not guys. that anybody's counting. <laughs> no,
1: okay. What? Well, wait. So going back to those times that you were alone, who um who said I love you first? And what Ooh, that would be right. Ann,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly when it happened. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I remember exactly. We were on a cruise, actually. She she was running a group on the edge was okay. the name of the ship. What what no. line is that? Oh no, because it was the, one with the little the pods. NCL. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't the edge. It was the little they have little pods. Um there are sort of individual rooms of we were sharing one, but we're really good at that. Like we can sleep in an inside cabin, like in a tiny little bed. We don't care.
3: We've done it 1 million times. So.
2: Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> so it was like a little pod. Um, and we were in that room. And I, I remember like, all of a sudden I was like, what? It, this was like in the fall. Yeah, We had started dating in the spring and this was in the fall and I just blurted it out. And then I was like, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> dot, 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 nothing. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. And she didn't say anything. I'm so glad she feels comfortable just, just embracing what I said and not responding. It's so great. I was like, oh my God, she didn't respond. Um, and then I think the next, that, the next day, she said, I just wanted to let it sink in and feel it. And then the next day, she said it back. And I was like, oh, you were on a short, Timeline, sister. <laughs> so yeah, I remember that pretty well. I mean, you remember that, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: I do. <laughs> That's how it happened, Kelly. That's
2: exactly how it happened. <laughs> Wait, also ask a- a- another question. Who kissed who first? Like who yeah. initiated the kiss? Okay. Also me. That's <laughs> also
3: Anne. <laughs> but it's actually a funny story because um we were uh, uh we were a group on a larger cruise ship. So it wasn't a it wasn't a gay charter, and I had Chelsea in my room.
2: And so Chelsea was like twelve,
3: and Anne had another our family team member in her room, and um, so all of a sudden there's like this sort of chemistry and like all this is happening, and Anne's like, "Well, can I walk you back to your room?" And I was like, "Sure." And so I'm pretty
2: sure you said, "Can I walk
3: you back to your room?" Probably, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um. So all of a sudden we're like looking at each other and it's in the hallway on this
2: mainstream cruise. Like we call it mainstream. Like it's a weird thing to say, but like just a general regular cruise. Like tons of street people everywhere. Yes, We've done those. We've done those. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. You (laughs) know what that is. And next thing I know we're like making out in the hallway
2: on the, on the cruise ship. And this guy just walks by in the hall, and I'm like, hey, like, we're just making out in the hall. And I'm like, is this weird for him? Because it's slightly weird for us, but I don't really care. Because we couldn't go into our room. So we were like, let's just, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's how the first kiss happened. And yeah, ship
1: hallway. Yeah, it I love that. I love it. I love it. It, it sort of
3: was it sort of was a beginning of telling of what our lives are gonna be on cruise ships for the rest yeah. of
2: our lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like just getting it in really quick and running yeah, away,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then hiding. But now we have our own room, so we're good. <laughs> you know what
1: mean? good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, once you got once you guys kind of became a blended family, what was there like uh, a proposal and who proposed to who? And talk, and let's hear about your wedding too.
2: Well, you know, when when gay marriage, um. Happened. I hate I hate gay marriage. When, when, when marriage equality, equality passed, yes. passed. I hate the term gay marriage because it pisses me off. It's just, sorry, can I curse? Um, yes. It could just, just be marriage. When marriage equality
1: passed.
2: When marriage equality passed. Well, when marriage equality passed
3: um, we, uh, you know, we did, there was no formal proposal. We knew that we wanted to get married. However, there were so many friends of ours that had been together for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And we wanted to, in some ways, be respectful of those relationships instead of the, you know, the newness of ours in the beginning. And so we just sort of waited
2: a a year. Wait, Can we say really quickly, though, when when marriage equality passed, we were in Provincetown and we were staying at. That's when it passed in New York. Yeah. At the, right. It was already. Yeah. in when New York, we lived in New York at the time. Right. right. And when we were in Provincetown and we were at uh, we were watching it in our room, all of the C-SPAN stuff. We were watching every second of it. And we happened to be at the Harbor Lounge where our friend was working when it actually came through that it had passed. And we were went crazy. We were so excited. It was just so fun to be in Provincetown because Massachusetts had already had it. Had marriage equality in Massachusetts, right? So we were—they were like big deal—and we're like, yeah, but we live in New York, you know. It's so exciting, and but then when DOMA was was struck down, we were in—we were at, on an our family trip in Connecticut. What was the name of the Club place? Getaway. Club Getaway, which now there's a TV show about it. But we were in club, not about our trip, <laughs> the, the straight stuff. Um, we were at Club Getaway at a big, you know, gay family, our family trip. And we were all watching it and, w- and they hung all these balloons. And when it passed, they dropped all these balloons on these families. It was people that were with their children that all of a sudden their marriage would be legal. It was the greatest feeling ever. I just have. We have these milestone moments with these families that I, I will never forget. That but and what the, it felt when like when the
3: Supreme Court one happened. You were with your mother in Indiana. Yeah, that was also. Weird. And I was getting my nails done.
2: I was and, with Vivi um, in Indiana. Ramsey, New Jersey. I <laughs> it was very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, t- I took Vivi to Indiana to. Sign up. My mother was a dance teacher. unknown to a dance studio my whole life. And she was doing her recital. And so Vivi and I went and it passed. And so I bought like the Indianapolis star, the newspaper and the New York times. And I took a picture and I was like, okay, so this is a juxtaposition right here. Right. And it was on both covers. And it was just like one of the coolest moments because I was in my home state, which, you know, Mike Pence is. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like that feeling was so amazing to be there. I would have rather been with Kelly, but I had Vivi and I have my mom and, I don't know. It was a big moment. But back to their original question sorry, about the proposal. To I just love those milestone yeah, moments. I mean, it was yeah, way we together yeah. for all the, of them, which the was very cool. The moments for us. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but, and we were not the kids for all of them, which yeah. is sort of cool. Back to marriage proposal. So, so when
3: did
0: you, yeah. So when did the two of you, after, right, so yeah, everyone else got married because yeah. you're just like, now, yeah, we're, we're, now we're allowed mm-hmm. now we're allowed for them. Right. And then yeah, you were so we, like, attended,
3: we attended a lot of weddings. I'm sure
0: you did. <laughs> On cruises too, I'm sure.
3: Yes. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> Which was amazing because it was so great to celebrate our friends that, you know, had been together for so long and unable to get married. And and it was uh, it was just a very special experience. I think we waited maybe a year or so we got a year married and a half. June 1st, 2013. Yes. So uh-huh um we decided to do it at our house in our mm-hmm. backyard and um because we wanted to have sort of that family feel to it and I think somehow we thought it would be easier it definitely was not it's easier not, to guys, have it in your backyard uh, mm-hmm, no <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you have to rent everything right but we right. had we did have our this was our house that we lived in before and it had this beautiful sweeping like um terraced backyard with um, like it was just beautiful in a pool at the bottom. We built a, a bridge across the pool and we got married on the pool over the pool. And the greatest part is a friend of Kelly's, a long-term friend of Kelly's. That's an attorney. Her name is Lorna Schofield. She had just become the first Filipino woman. She was, uh, appointed by, appointed Obama. by president Obama. And she sits on the Supreme court in, uh, uh, New York. But southern You're district, saying, southern of New district, York. yeah. So you know what she's. <laughs> so we were her first wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. she was the first wedding, and it was a and it was a a a gay wedding, which was so exciting and.
3: I mean, the other cool thing that happened with our wedding is we, um, you know, it's right when the New York Times started taking, um, doing the gay weddings and their thing. So I was like, let's just submit and see if we can get a little box in the, you know, it'd be
2: starting fun. At first, I was like, is it weird? Cause I, I, you know, I've always looked at that wedding page and been like, oh, they, I wish there were gay weddings. And then all of a sudden, they started doing it. So and we, we were submitted. Like, let's do it.
3: So we submitted, and the New York Times then called and they're like, we want you
2: to be our feature wedding. And so we we had an entire a full page in the New York Times of our wedding. They sent it. They, we did it like a three hour interview with, and then they they sent a photographer to our wedding. And was, I mean, it wasn't a great. It was one of my least favorite
3: articles about.
2: Anything, yeah, I mean, they, they focused on it a lot was fine. Of, they focused, but
3: they focused too much on like some negative stuff that happened with my family that actually has resolved itself to be my my parents are amazing and they're amazing. Negative stuff that when you
2: were first coming when out, I was first
3: coming out, and that's and they didn't. They focused on that and then uh-huh. didn't resolve it at the end. So it looked like my parents were still, it really hurt my parents' feelings. And so I would say it was the most positive article, although I feel like it was a positive thing to show a gay wedding in, in that light in a lot of mm-hmm. ways for, for
2: people. But like a full page in the New York Times, it was, it, when it, they never even used to put gay weddings mm-hmm. on, the, on the page. So mm-hmm. we did feel good about that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't great the way they painted your parents. And right. you
0: know what's so interesting? I mean, cause you're, you know, we're all kind of in, in media but like we recently got asked about doing a reality show or something remember that Yeah. and it was a similar thing where they interviewed us for this reality show not that we're like looking to be reality tv people it was just like
1: they asked we'll us do to the
0: interview, interview whatever yeah. and they literally were like so tell us about your you know your marriage like we're happy we're healthy we have these great things da, da, da. and they're like is there anyone in your life that doesn't accept you I'm like no what, what if was there a mom, time yeah. where they didn't? Would your mom maybe like, like? And they were just trying to like yeah, create, create these create villains. It. Yeah. And um, it's just so interesting. We, we were like, "Sorry, we're, if that's what you're looking for. If that's the story. Like, this. we don't have that story for you. I'm sorry."
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just but, feel like there's there's no. And if you're going to bring up a challenge, which is fine to bring up the fact that I did have a lot. My my family's very religious. I had a long path with my family, but at least have closure that shows the. The healing in the path that you know of who they are now, and not just leave it thinking that they are monsters. It just sure. wasn't fair.
2: Yeah, and the, I think they didn't complete the story. And the truth is, they didn't even ask about it in the interview. They Googled it and found the information from the past, and they included it in the art in the article. And you don't get you don't get like a to review oh, really? with the New um, York Times. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> so, that's so just, gross. Yeah,
2: it wasn't great. But um, we did. We we did feel like it was amazing to have like a huge, you know. And we cousins. just
3: had had our seventh um, wedding anniversary on June first. Yeah.
0: Congratulations! Congratulations.
3: Congratulations. We, had a, we had a very exciting COVID date. We went to the we went to the drive-in movies.
1: Yeah, that's fun. We keep saying we want to do that. I keep looking it up and kind of obsessively looking at it, and then we haven't done it yet.
2: Can I tell you? We sang the music to Greece all the way there. We're like Strainer mm. that's driving, like all <laughs> the way there. No, so- right, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, it was fun.
2: Like- we got like a pizza to go
3: and we drove there and um it was a it was a double feature, but the it didn't the double feature didn't we're such nerds. Didn't start to like 845. That's and the so first late. the first movie is a was a Disney movie and the second movie was Call of the Wild. I really wanted to see Call of the Wild but I, you know, we saw the Disney movie, and we were both bawling in the Disney okay. movie. I was like, we must be so starved for like any sort of. Well, have you
2: seen the movie Onward? It's a Disney movie. It's about yeah, it's the, it's so the, the 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 kids that want to meet their dad that passed away. It's, it's like so so, at it's one so point good. we were both bawling, and I'm like, it's we are ridiculous.
1: Direct, like it's kids. So like, good. It was so ridiculous. Good. Yeah. We saw, we saw before COVID in like the what is it called? Four D. Oh yeah, I know, like the. It was in Times Square, and you sat in a chair, and it kind of like.
3: I was going to say, you smell Like, spray- what happened? Yeah,
1: smelled and sprayed all of that. Oh but but, the, but the movie was amazing. Yeah, it is
3: a good movie. Yeah, it's a fun night out, and it's
2: you know, a drive in. I mean, like, that's so vintage. I love it. You turn your radio station onto the right station, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can keep your windows up or in your air conditioning. You don't even have to have bugs in your car. My mom uh, was like, Don't forget to take bug spray because you're gonna have to put that speaker on your window. I go, Mom, <laughs> it's 2020. We're not putting speakers <laughs> on our windows. <laughs> you know
3: what I'm
0: Wait. So you talked about Seth Rudetsky and the R Family Cruises, and and I know you have a lot of ties in Broadway and theater. Tell what is your connection, and did you ever perform on Broadway or or do musical theater, or is uh, it just because of the cruises? How did that happen?
2: Um, I did not perform on Broadway. I always wanted to, and I I did. You know. Pound the pavement for years when I first moved here, right after college, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I worked a lot in Nashville, but I was working in studios and I was doing demo work and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I really want to be on stage. Like all I want to do is be on stage. So I moved to New York and I spent years and years auditioning and doing all that, but I got a job at Don't Tell Mama piano bar. And, um, that's how I made my money. That's how I paid my rent. And I truly believe that I became the singer and the entertainer that I am because of working on the spot in the moment, um, in front of, you know, people that were all over the place. Like when I first started working there, it was no joke. Like people got dead silent. You could hear a pin drop. They made a recording of me, um, our, our old boss, Ming Fam, he recorded all of us and made little CDs for us that we could sell there. Probably totally illegal, but whatever. <laughs> um, but you could hear a pin drop. Like people were obsessed, like lines down the street to get into Don't Tomama. It was crazy. And it was just a, a magical time in, in like piano bars and cabaret. And it was like a cool thing to do. And so I did spend years and years working there and honing sort of myself as an, as an entertainer and developing how I wanted to be as an artist. And that I do think, and I auditioned again for years and years, never made it to Broadway, but I started to shift my focus and sort of create, I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm an, I'm more of an artist in in the way that I want to create my own path and my own reality. And so I started writing music and I started uh, recording and releasing. And my first CD came out in 2010. And since then, I've had three come out. And um, I just kind of like shifted my focus. And I decided, you know, you really have to want it so bad you really do. It's, it's, it's a, it's a real calling to make it on Broadway. And I don't think that I had that fire, like I thought I did, but I do have the fire to perform and entertain. And so to find my own way and direction, I think that's something that's, that's, um, that's been able to sustain me. And I have the most amazing supportive wife. So I have to tell you what happened when I turned 40, right? My 40th birthday. So you're 40? Yeah. Yeah. My 40th birthday. I got, um, a bunch of, I was, I was working in oh, right. at Brandy's mm-hmm. Panna bar on the Upper East side at Don't Mama, uh, where I'd always worked in on, in Midtown. And, um, I decided, uh, we, I got a gift to go to, what was the name of that restaurant? Bebo. Was it Bebo? N- no, that's it's not it. Fancy, uh, fancy, fancy restaurant. They gave me like a $500 gift card and we, it wasn't enough. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, because the wine is like $300. So yeah. but we sat at the bar and we had an amazing dinner. And I started to cry because I was like, I'm, I just turned 40. I am unhappy with what I'm doing. I've never fulfilled the ultimate goal that I wanted. I had made two, one record at that point And, but I, I was very, very, or two records, maybe I can't remember it's been six years, guys. I'm also, 46. like, vocally working at those bars is not right. your friend. It was getting hard. And, yeah. and, you know, so I said, she said, all right, let's make a list. And this is this is the most support. I'm mean, like, this is what partnership is, right? She said, let's make a list. Tell me the pros and the cons and what your goals are. And let's talk about what that looks like. And I said, I don't want to audition anymore. I'm done doing that. I want to focus on... Um, my music, I wanna, I wanna write, I wanna tour, I wanna play sh- shows everywhere. I wanna make a living as this I wanna make a living as a singer, but as myself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she said, Okay, so here's the deal. We made this big list and she said, All right, let's commit to something. We're going to imagine that the first year we're gonna lose money, but we're gonna commit to it. The second year we're gonna break even because she started a business before it's like starting a business i'm the business right and then she said and now the third year we'll be making money now we started that was six years ago and i've been touring ever since i quit the piano bar uh probably like a month later yeah never went back and we have i've now released two cds since then um and actively i I mean until
3: the virus, it actively touring, touring, and not and performing on a lot of ships, and not just you know
2: LGBT charters, just regular ships. And right, touring. I got an agent for ship, yeah. regular ships, and regular mainstream ships. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you call it, boring ships. <laughs> and so I, it, but it took a commitment of a partner that said, "Okay, let's take the leap and let's do it." What does it take, somebody that you know? I, I know nothing about
3: the music world or the theater world, but what I can do is I can. I stalked other people that were sort of what I imagined would be an Anne's caliber of launching a tour where, where they're performing, and I I am relentless and annoying. It's amazing. It's a That's it's good. a quality or a quality you hate when you work with me. But um, no, you
2: love it. I knew that it.
3: I knew that if I could just get her booked, that they would rebook her. You know, because she would yeah. deliver. So yeah. I I would get her booked at these venues, and of course, then she was asked back, and so then just became her regular annual mm-hmm. tour and. You know adding dates finding new venues like in London and um it's just you know it's nice it's nice to be somebody to be able to support to negotiate things that artists I think don't want to negotiate like yeah. money. And yeah. I think it's it's hard to sell yourself and, uh-huh. and negotiate money for yourself.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah. she's my the most amazing manager. Let's call lucky it. <laughs> lucky.
0: That's yeah. so nice. It's
2: my wife but only if I could sing back up,
3: it would save us some money. Oh, but. she can't though, you guys. She can't. Okay, the funniest thing is on our her last um concert online concert, I, she, I I I was doing these things where I would play drag piano and drag guitar, like like I would go. Like, our, like, our piano like, is at Ann's back, and I can't. I, you know, I don't have a musical bone in my body, <laughs> but people were like, she was singing to piano tracks, but I, I'd go sit down and pretend like I'm playing, and people were like Kelly, we had no idea that you could actually play that. I was like. You've known me for 20 years. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. But the, the the last one I had to play tambourine. I also have no sense of rhythm and I clap on the offbeat. So I mean, and,
2: <laughs> yeah, it would hurt your guys' soul. It would hurt me. your soul. <laughs> so
3: she's singing and then there's, we we're singing Total Clips of the Heart. And yeah. there's that musical section where it's like, you know, all the big music goes and then it, it's tambourines. Yeah. <laughs> I made Ann go on the other side of the
2: computer and, and show me when to hit the tambourine. It's the, most <laughs> it's the most awkward thing you've ever seen. I mean, it's, I was like, oh, I'm amazing. sorry, honey. I wish I had more musical inclination. I can't
0: wait but- to go on a cruise with you guys. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> You're it was so, so fun. You're <laughs> <was> so
1: fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, with a lot of, I don't want to get too serious, but, you know, I want to touch upon, you know, what's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, just with all of the um, inequality um, and racial issues happening. Um, so I kind of, I want to know what are ways that you like to kind of segue the conversation or change the conversation? Or call people or out. Or call people out. When they're being when you hear homophobic, homophobic or, or racist.
0: Because I'm sure, especially if you're going on those mainstream cruises. Yeah. What are... Um, are there ways that you think people can be actively anti-racist, anti-homophobic? Um, yeah. and, and what are, would, what are some ways you can do that?
3: Well, I, I have a family that's from Louisiana. Okay. So um, it's a, it's, you know, we had the rule for, and it's been in effect for many years that we don't talk politics or anything um, when we're together. However, it's becoming increasingly a bigger problem as the world is changing developed, I mean, this started back in the George Bush days. So I already had issues talking about politics
2: then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't, now I, I can't. And it's, well, it's also if you want to enjoy your time with your family, you, it's almost like if you, if it comes up, you, it's going to ruin it. So, you know, you have to just, personally with family, we just try not to. Right. However, you know, However, it's coming
3: up a little bit more with my family and, you know, it's funny, my mom all of a sudden is initiating conversations. And although, I, I, I fear, like, I feel my temperature rising and I feel, but she's at least initiating talking about it, that it's almost, it's, it's more my issue than her issue of being able to find a way to have a dialogue with her. Um, and also the realistic idea that, you know, my parents are 80 and 75 and from Louisiana, born and bred, Louisiana, privileged Louisiana, that not much is really going to change. However... I think that they do have the ability to maybe listen. Um, mm-hmm. as far as you know i I find that the social media world has created like these insular little bubbles that we live in that um I rarely see, and it's usually just my extended family that lives in Louisiana that I see things that I completely disagree with. And I feel like for those of us that that have that, it's our responsibility also to to not agree with the other side of the story, but to hear what they believe and what their struggles are. And I'm talking, not talking the racist piece, I'm more talking the Trump piece. Um, see why they're in that, in that world and what they feel like they're, they're getting from him to be able to have an educated dialogue about it. I live in such like I live in a bubble and I feel like that's not the best way to have a conversation.
2: Can you can I tell you, my mother is the opposite. I almost have to tone her down like she's so like she's way more even liberal than we are. Like, you know, she and I grew up in Indiana. She now lives here in Nyack, New York. So she's <laughs> living her best life. But, <laughs> what she is like sometimes I have to tone her down because I'm like mom I can't talk about it all the time because she is obsessed with all of it she's on it all like she we just our son just wrote and he wants to go to a protest and we're very you know we're happy that he wants to go and 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 be a part of the, but but of course we're nervous right because mm-hmm. uh, there's you know I mean he's he's a, a, a Latino a Latino um 20 year old man and um so we're a little worried about him, and 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 also about anyone that's at a protest. You know, you never know how things could change and shift quickly. Although protests, I mean, you and I have been to so many that this
3: isn't about protesting. The protesters are 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 doing a great job. New York City, nobody does a protest better than New York City. I was like,
2: we've done the Women's March, we've done the, the, tax, march. the tax march, we've done so many marches in New York City, and they know how to do it and do it right it's, and peacefully. Uh, it's just upsetting sort of what's happening right now. But I feel
3: like the dialogues, the that, late
2: night stuff, that's the, happening.
3: bringing up Blake, I feel like the dialogues that I feel like are more productive are with our kids because
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's a strange time to be a young person right now. And that you're looking at all of this happening and how they're going to react. And I, I think that it's up to us to guide them on, you know, mm-hmm. what path you, they don't have to believe exactly what you believe, but, you know, what the right way to express their feelings are. And, you know, I think that that's I. I feel like that's where we can have be more productive than with, you know, my
2: eighty year old parents. But we know? also have a twenty four year old twenty four year old son that's a marine, so you know we have a lot of concerns about. I mean, the military is being called in to fight against our own people. Right. You know what I mean? It's like a scary, scary time for people in the military, even that that they're going to be called in to to fight against the American people. It's a weird, weird time. So that's a conversation too and what that feels like. And, you know, um, so I don't know. It's, it's, I think you, you proceed with, with, uh, with kindness and, uh, be gentle because, um, but, but hold, hold true true to your beliefs and, and, you know, stand up for what you believe in. I, I had to unfriend a couple of Kelly's like (laughs) extended family because (laughs) no, (laughs) you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we yeah.
1: totally
0: understand. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do think what, what Kelly, what you said is is true too. To, to come from a place of curiosity is really a powerful place to, to come from. When somebody says something, instead of judging them for saying it, maybe just saying, why do you believe that? Why do you feel that way? You know, maybe could give you a perspective to help mm-hmm. shift it. You know? We've lost
3: the ability to have a conversation about yes. anything, anything political. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, really anything at this point, like everybody's just so angry and divided. Uh And I don't know what's going to change to help that at this point, honestly, you know, because we're all got our feet in the, you know, including me, I'm, you know, like I I need to be more curious. I need to be more understanding of, you know, was there financial scares? Was there like, why, why, what did he promise you that you feel like he's still delivering on? Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I get, I get the voting form. I, you know, of course I didn't, but I get the, the, the dream that something was going to be different, but you know, why now? Like when you look mm-hmm. at the disaster of what's happening, you know, yeah. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, well, thank you. I think that's yes. really, I, I think we have to address it. Yes. Yeah. It's in the air. Yeah. So thank you for addressing that. Yeah. All right. We're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to go into a segment we call spotlight on
2: love. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you guys are so perfectly mad. <laughs> You haven't
0: rehearsed at all, um, right? We have to find <laughs> thirds and sing it in thirds. Um, anyway, we,
3: that's not happening in our house. Just so you know, <laughs> ever one.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, so we have someone, a follower, write in for some relationship, love, dating advice, maybe uh, family advice, any sort of relationship advice, and we offer and our our guests offer completely unqualified advice in response. So okay. we had um, we had someone write in. Do we have a name for this person, Stephen, or no? Um, well, I didn't put it in. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, so it's not. OK, we don't have to. So we usually try to Let's keep it anonymous. anonymous. Just in case it's it's dangerous, but this doesn't seem too. In case it's, it's edgy. Not, yeah, it's not <laughs> too know.
1: edgy. It's OK. okay.
0: So he
1: Steven. says, oh, I have a question. How to optimize communication when one partner isn't as emotionally emotive as the other?
3: <laughs> Go
2: ahead, Anne. Is you this can direct that to on, us, or are you going to answer it? You oh, answer okay. first, and then okay. we. Okay. Well, I would say I'm more emotionally emotive than she is. <laughs> so, how do we communicate? Um, the truth is, we don't fight. Um, we are pretty great at communication. Honestly. I mean, uh, we have had a couple fights. We've been together 10 years. We've had probably four big, fights. four big fights in 10 years. So we're pretty good at communicating. I know that I, when I, the way I like to process feelings is I like to step away. I don't like to talk it out in the moment. I need to go away and think about it because I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. Or say something I can't take back and I feel like to un to to decompress a little bit is better for me Now kelly On the other hand, I feel the need to
3: discuss in the moment because it feels intolerable to me not to address it So Mm -hmm. I think that you know, it's funny because of those four fights Two or three of them were in the very beginning of our relationship And I think it was because the non-realization that we both need to hash it out in different ways And the ability to acknowledge that and for me to sit with the intolerable and for Anne to know that I'm gonna need to talk about it sooner than later, I think was a huge piece in in learning how to communicate. And it also has salvaged us from fighting further, you know, like having huge blowouts because neither is able to accommodate. And we do process it very differently. And it's just, where do you find that middle ground? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think
2: middle ground is the key.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's good. That is good. Well, We never fight either. (coughs) Well, no, that's not (laughs) true. We never fight. That's not true. But it's interesting because I feel like Brett is more emotionally emotive, but he also has um, the traits of Kelly wanting to talk it out instantly, whereas I'm less emotionally emotive is how this person's putting it. Um, And... I definitely like to kind of hold back. I do the same thing. Like I hold back. Um, But I think, I think, you know, like in any relationship, it's kind of like a learning. It's like a learning curve uh, on how we relate to one another. And I think in the beginning, Brett would, (laughs) I always joke about this now because one of the first times this wasn't a fight, but this is like the first time Brett wanted to talk to me. And he said, we need to talk. And I said, oh, God. And so in in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to break up with me. This is over. Like, uh, so I was always like instantly like, what? What did I do wrong? Oh, God, it's all my fault. (laughs) But, you know, the first turning point or upset moment was like, I kept getting into bed and like, you know, not turning the lights off, you know, just kind of like just running like, okay, good night. And he would have to like do everything. And he had this (laughs) conversation with me. And he was like, you know, I need you to take initiative. And so now I always laugh because every time I hear the word initiative, I think of that. <laughs> no matter where we are. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't just talking about the lights. There were some other things that were happening. And and I think instantly I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't holding up my part. But like for me, it was like a long, it's been a long journey of learning that we're in this together and we love each other. And just because he has feelings towards me, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing something wrong. It's just, there's something that I need to hear, you know, and like, we need to figure out how to move through that. So that's taken me a long time not to instantly get,
2: oh my God, you hate me, what did I do? (laughs) Like, you know, like,
1: I think you just figured all of that out in
0: quarantine. Wait, I thought you were
2: emotionally emotive. Just, he,
0: he is uh you know I, it's interesting because i when we first started dating i had gone through therapy for years and to to deal with similar family issues that, that kelly has so i had learned a lot of those communication tools in therapy and i would just try to apply them in my relationship <laughs> and usually those conversations would happen after a session with my
1: yeah therapist. yeah <laughs> so and it's like whenever he was like oh i had therapy today i was like oh no
3: I also think that like the longer you're in a relationship, you realize that this is where your forever place is going right. to be. So then you were like, oh, great, we got to figure out a way that when we are mad, how are we going to do it? And how are we going to do it that it's not the ending and it's just, you know, just mm-hmm. a bump.
2: And there's also, I think, like, there's, there are little things that build up. And I think um, talking about them in the moment is maybe better. Like, I don't want to, like, if we have, a, like, a massive issue uh, and it blows up, I, that's when I retreat a little bit and she comes forward and then it's, like, not good. But little moments, like the sponge in the sink, for example. I hate to bring this up, but <laughs> when I first uh, joined the family, everyone would leave the sponge in the sink. And the thing with the sponge in the sink is it gets gross, so it's smelly, and then no one was, and then you touch it, and then you have sponge hand. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is something that still to this day, when it happens, I'm like sponge in the sink. (laughs) Like I have to address it immediately, right? Like that's not a massive blowout, but I'll address that, like a little. But if you, if I hold on to sponge in the sink and I don't say Mm -hmm. it when it happens, and it goes on ten days in a row, and now I'm. Pissed that the sponge is again in the sink. Do you know what I mean? So, little things like that, I feel like you have to go, little moments, you have to share immediately because the buildup of that, then you go off about something else. Like, you know, she'll be like, hey, could you get that thing off the couch? I'm like, what about the sponge in the sink? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And then it's bad.
0: (laughs) And you've got to release a single. It's your next hit sponge (laughs) in the sink. sink. (laughs) It's like an angry rock anthem. I
2: mean, I mean, I could, I could write it. Trust me. I've already written it. She's written
3: it in her head 800 times.
2: <laughs> but like the little things, you got to let that stuff out quickly yeah. and don't yeah. hold on to it because it's not worth it.
1: Totally. Amen. Let's, Amen. let yep.
2: lesson learn sponge in the sink.
0: <laughs> well, to our listeners, if you want relationship and dating advice from our completely unqualified selves, DM us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands or shoot us an email at broadwayhusbands.com and we just might choose your question in the next episode. Uh, all right, so we have to hu- send a huge thank you to our guests Anne and Kelly. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We are such
1: having
2: us
0: such fans. Yeah. We cannot wait to get to see you in person. Yes. And maybe on a cruise.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, please.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm going to sing with you. It's karaoke night. I I can't can't wait.
2: wait. (laughs) No, it's duet time on stage. Yes. Yes. I'm
0: down. I'm down. Okay. And And to everyone listening, don't forget to love who you love.
1: And love what you do.